This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. Hello and welcome to Culture Check, a Tailgate Society podcast. Please check the TailgateSociety.com and subscribe to Tailgate Society podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Arnold Woods and I'm joined as always by Emily Cornell. Emily, what's going on? I'm just loving life. It's summer. It's where we, I feel like are on, we're closer to the end than we are to the beginning of this journey of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling very positive about things. How are you doing? I'm doing well. As far as like the pandemic ending, I agree. Um, a lot of my, most of my friends and family have been vaccinated um, at least once most are fully vaccinated and nice. I was able to see a movie last night in theaters. Ooh, what'd you see? I saw army of the dead, which I is what that is. So it's a Netflix movie. It's coming out on Netflix next week, but I saw the trailer for it. It looked like, you know, like a fun, you know, zombie movie. It's directed by Zack Snyder who directed, I mean, he's most known oh, for yeah. like the Superman and Batman movies, the DC justice league movies. But I think, Dawn of the Dead was his first movie. In my opinion, Dawn of the Dead is like his only good movie. So I was like, um, yeah, I'll check it out. I'm thirsty to see a movie in the theater. I hadn't done it since February 2020. So I'll check it out. And I watched it and it was very over the top. Nice. Um, rips off a couple different movies at once. It's a, a Predator ripoff. It's a Resident Evil ripoff. A little bit of Die Hard thrown in as well. Oh, but um, it's not what I would call a good movie, but it was fun to sit in a movie theater and make fun of a movie again. So that was pretty cool. I like that. I'm glad that you could go do that. That's I haven't even I forgot about movie theaters. I just am like ready to go to a baseball game. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They um, open up the iCubs. I think this week iCubs is the AAA affiliate in Des Moines of the Chicago Cubs. Um, do you, are you like a Rangers person? Do you go to a Rangers game? I'm not. So I haven't gone to a Rangers game. So I, I grew up in Colorado, um, but I did not go up, grow up going to Rockies games. I'm a Rockies mm-hmm. fan, but I, my dad lives in Maryland. So I would go to Orioles games and Nationals games as a kid. And um, then going to college in Wyoming, the closest professional baseball team was the Rockies. So you can get cheap tickets, rock pile tickets, and you just go hang out, grab a beer, and um that's like to me that's like an ideal afternoon in denver like you go hang out downtown you go to a baseball game and then just like just just chill um so since moving to texas i've gone to an astros game i think i went the year that they got caught cheating Mm. so it was before they were caught so i was like it's fine we can go watch the astros but i went with friends who like weren't really into watching baseball and i was like you know i'm not an astros fan the stadium's fine but like 
to sound like a homer, I think that Coors Field is like so great and like the best place to go to watch a baseball game. So not a Rangers fan, not an Astros fan. That was a very long winded way to say I like going and watching the Rockies games and I don't even live in Denver. No, it's all good. Do you anticipate being able to go, um, go to a Rockies game this summer? I would hope so. It's a little bit like difficult to fully commit. Um, just some life things are going on that I might not be able to get there for a game, but ideally if I can't go this season, like I'll try to go like opening weekend next year because I think that would just be fun. That's definitely a crapshoot. Like it could be bliz. There could be a blizzard like right. opening weekend in Denver is like, it might be a blizzard. It might be 80 degrees. Who knows? We'll find out throughout that whole day. Like the weather changes all day. And, um, it's a journey for everyone. Do you think that you'll go to um, the AAA team in Des Moines and watch lots of their games? Like, do they do um, – so in Colorado Springs, there's the Sky Sox. They're – I can't remember who they're affiliated with anymore. It changed. But they had, like, $2 Tuesdays. So you get $2 tickets, $2 parking, $2 beers, $2 hot dogs. Like, do, is, do they do things like that? They do, yeah. They have a lot of promotions like that for um especially for like local organizations just like sponsor a lot of nights like that um they do like five dollar bundle type things um and it's kind of like what you said with the um like it's reduced price tickets and then i think it's like hot dog popcorn or pop or something all for five dollars like that that, they do a lot of that type of stuff and um i have a friend who the company that they work for has a like a box suite oh, and nice. they get like the employees get tickets to the suite sometimes so um hopefully i get to do to do that at some point this summer and then also we want to take the kids to yeah. a couple games um rosa loves being outside and going to a, a baseball game i know is going to blow our mind so we watched a lot of um like cardinals on the tv here um, I think they're playing right now, actually, the Padres. So, oh, um, that makes and sense. She, okay. And then she plays T-ball too, so she'll she'll enjoy it. So, are more people in Des Moines? Well, just Iowa, I guess, in general. Are they often St. Louis fans or are they Cubs fans? Like, where? How do people kind of decide who they are cheering for? It's mostly Cubs. Like, it's overwhelmingly okay. Cubs that I've seen. Um, there's a few. There's a spattering of Twins fans. I think Cardinals fans are like second most to Cubs probably. Okay. But people in Des Moines generally tend to gravitate towards Chicago teams. So there's gotcha. a lot of Cubs fans here. There's a lot of Bears fans here. Um, I was born an hour south, uh, an hour and 20 minutes south of St. Louis. So that's why I'm a Cardinals fan. That makes sense. Okay. But, I was like, um, I don't, how? Oh, and yeah. then like Kansas City is closer to yeah. Des Moines than St. Louis, right? Yes. There are some Royals fans, not a lot of Royals fans. It's like overwhelmingly Cubs fans. A lot of, hmm. lot of Cubs fans in Des Moines. Hmm. Um, and then my friend from high school, Sean, the, shout out to Sean, the lone White Sox fan that I knew. <laughs> um, maybe he just wanted to be different. I don't know. Some people do. I love that journey for them. It's like hmm. in Alabama, you know, some households are Crimson Tide fans, some are Auburn fans. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes people are like, yeah, I just want to like – I want to be a Georgia fan. Like, right. Okay. Live mm-hmm. your life. 
we can't all, you know, it can't be homogenous. You know, the, the sports fandom, you got to. It's true. You got to switch it up a little bit. You know what I mean? It's true. And you want to cheer for like maybe an underdog. I would never call any team in the SEC an underdog right. team. But right. like, you know, out in the rest of the world, it's like, oh, you pick uh, Butler randomly. You're like, yeah, I just really love Butler. And um, now I love I I don't know who's saying this, but I love Gordon Hayward. Like, you know, things <laughs> yeah. like that. Like, you know, I, I can I can get behind that where it's just like the random fan. All of our Brad Stevens uh, yes. Gordon Hayward fans out there. And actually, this this is a good segue because we are going to be eventually, um, in the future, we are going to be talking about sports on this podcast a little bit. We're still like working out the parameters of that, of what we're going to talk about specifically, but stay tuned for that. You're getting a little preview of that now, I guess. It's true. And I don't know if it'll be like as much baseball and as much uh, (laughs) Brad Stevens and Gordon Hayward, but (laughs) you know, stranger things have happened. Um, (laughs) But we'll, we'll get to the sports probably in the next couple of months um as i'm sure everyone knows the olympics are upcoming so lots to unpack there too hopefully assuming they don't get canceled yeah no kidding yeah we're gonna we're, we'll be covering that as as best we can um i don't know still pretty touch and go with that i guess i don't know it's really interesting that it that the olympics are still touch and go just and i think because I live in the U.S., so I'm just like, yeah, everyone's just out here getting right. vaccinated. And then, like, you know, that, oh, you don't have to wear a mask. I'm like, ooh, that, you know, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I can't make a call on that. But, wow, we're we're getting there to the yeah. no masks. And um, I'm like, yeah, so it's probably like this in Japan. Like, you just, like, vaccinate all the athletes. Everyone gets there. They do the sports. And everyone goes home. But it's not that simple. And um, I, that's really unfortunate just for all the people who are working on the Olympics and all the athletes who have had to like push back, you know, another year in certain sports. Like it's really hard to like continue to compete after a certain age. And I, I hope it happens just for the sake of like all of those athletes. Yeah. It's like a logistical nightmare. It has yeah. to be um, oh, yeah. certainly coming off of last year and then trying to prep for this. Um, there's a lot of factors to consider. So definitely going to be keeping an eye out on that. Um, for our episode tonight, we're going to be talking about, you know, we're, we're, we're continuing with the TV trend and we're talking about the TV show Atlanta, which is a pretty, um, pretty lauded uh, television show, won a bunch of awards, um, pretty highly regarded as, as one of the better TV shows that's come out in the last five years um, on FX. It's obviously a show created by Donald Glover, um, stars Donald Glover, Zazie Beats, Lakeith Sanfield, Brian Tyree Henry. Um, how would you how would you describe Atlanta to someone if you, if someone asked you about the show and what what would you tell them about the show? I would say that Atlanta is a show about a rapper, um, Paperboy. Like that is you know first and foremost it is about him and like his rise. Um, but it's set in Atlanta, a place where you know when we talked about Outcast, like there's you know Atlanta is a big place for rap, so. It's about him. He's living there. They like his cousin is his manager and he's kind of a bum, but like not like a full bum. That's Donald Glover's character where he's just like, I am just trying to figure out my life. So it's a lot of watching these guys figure out their lives, but like in a very entertaining way, which of course it would have to be for a TV show in a way that like also speaks to like the black experience. Um, 
in a variety of ways. It's not just like one specific way. So like Atlanta is like the, yeah, again, first and foremost, it's a show about this rapper, but like it tells kind of the experience of your millennial, um, adult who's just trying to like make it. And, um, within the parameters of like living in Atlanta, living not like hmm, under a certain income bracket, like they, they are not like no one is wealthy on the show. Um, they like live in the projects and like earn has earn is Donald Glover's character. Like he doesn't even have like a place to land for like the first season. He just like, his parents won't let him live with them. He tries to stay with his girlfriend. He tries to do all these things. So like it, it definitely positions it in a way where you're not like, it's not like empire where you have these musicians who are wealthy and doing well and still doing shady stuff. No, it's just like they're doing shady stuff in the hood. Yes. Yeah, interesting. I was going to bring that up. What you talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, the show really leaning into that aspect of like, um, socioeconomic status, mm-hmm. like the, the first season ends with the reveal of, of Earn, um, Donald Glover's character, like living in a storage unit. And, um, you know, you, you, you're, you're kind of meant to see that he's trying to scrape by doing all this stuff for his cousin, trying to get his cousin to, you know, have some measure of success financially so that he can just like, it's it's not necessarily him trying to, become rich or famous is him just trying to like earn as much as he can so he can like live comfortably. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting. Like the the parallel you draw to empire, um, which I don't watch empire, um, but yeah, it's definitely a more extravagant, you know, the people you're, you're led to believe are a lot more successful, like making it type of um, type of entertainers versus Paperboy and and his group of, you know, friends and family who are just like, you know, let's get you to like this mid-level of success, right? Let's get you to at least the, the level of success where us, like the, our group can figure out ways to get to the next step. Cause right now they're kind of just scraping by. There's a lot of episodes in the first season where they're, they're doing things that are motivated by money. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make these deals. They're trying to, you know, he's trying to sell this painting or whatever. So he, they can get an extra $2,500, like just things like that. And that's, you know, when the show was conceived originally, I think that I had it more in my mind that it would be more like an empire where, you know, Paperboard was already really successful. And then um, his cousin is just trying to make him the next Jay-Z or whatever. And it's, that's not really what the show is, is about, which is really interesting, That, at least in my opinion. Yeah, where it's more about they're like in the first season, they're just trying to kind of go viral. Right. Um, And like. Again, it speaks to that millennial experience of like you you kind of make it big. A lot of like plenty of celebrities have made it big by going viral. Like Justin Bieber um, is the example I think of where like he was just found on YouTube. And so they're just going with what they've seen for the success. It's not like any of them are like, yeah, I have this experience and I know that we should be doing X, Y, and Z. Like they're kind of just winging it the first season. 100%. Um what did you think of um, what, what were your first impressions of the show? I, I was going to talk a little bit about. Um, so we've talked about community on this on this podcast before, which is like my favorite show of all time. And Donald Glover leaves that show 
uh, five episodes into the fifth season um, to primarily, I think, to, to work on this project. Uh, I'd seen interviews with him where he was talking about, like, you know, he loves community and he loves the people he worked with and things like that, but he wanted something that was his own and that he could kind of um, create and, and be the showrunner himself. And I don't know. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't want him to leave community because I love that show. But um, I remember watching the first couple episodes of Atlanta and being like, okay, if, if this is what the, the product is of him leaving community, then I'll just have to accept it because this is like really great. But what did, what did you think, I guess, how, how much have you heard about the show before you started watching it? So I had seen a trailer for it. I think it came out, it came out when I was in grad school and this guy that I would hang out with, he was like, you need to watch this show. And I'm like, okay, I don't really have time. But sure, I'll watch it. Like, I, I like Donald Glover. And so I had no real expectations for the show um, because I remember watching the trailer and not really understanding what it was about. Um, but I'm like, ah, I should watch it because Donald Glover. And I enjoyed it because, like, there were there are definitely things within the show that happen that's just – it's very funny. It's not supposed to – it probably is supposed to be funny. But, like, mm-hmm. it's not funny to everyone. It is, again, it speaks to the black experience in ways that I'm like, yeah, I could see someone watching this and being like, I don't, I don't understand. I'm like, yeah, that's very in-group, out-group. And if you're white, you're very out-group in this situation. Um, but, like, I, whenever I think about Atlanta, I like, I like the show a lot. I think it's super funny. Um, but it's always white men who are like oh you need to watch this show and i'm like so that like kind of influences what i think when i watch the show i'm like i need to watch this show about the experiences that like i know other people have and like like you i don't think you understand (laughs) like some of this that you're like you should watch this and i'm like yeah like i've seen this firsthand right (laughs) yeah That's definitely true. I, I One of the things that stuck out to me the most watching it the first season was just the conversations and how, I, I, like, authentic they were. Yeah. And how, you know, these are the type of conversations, like, I would have with my friends. And, like, it was just so – the dialogue was very natural. And it's it's kind of shot in a way that's very, like, realistic. And that's definitely true. I wonder how much of the, the, the appeal of the show – to white people is there is the fact that they're an out group and that they're trying to, you know, it's, it's kind of similar to rap becoming such a big boom, like in the nineties mm-hmm. where you're introduced to this culture that you have no idea about, but you're like really fascinated by it and intrigued by it. And it's very enticing to you. And you know, you're on the outside looking in, but you, you kind of want that position and you um, over time, it obviously it changes to like wanting to like appropriate the culture, but at the, at the outset, it's more of just like um, this sort of fascination with it. And, and and when you talk about Atlanta being a big place for rap, that's true. And I, I think that for a lot of people, again, like a lot of white people watching the show, like they see Atlanta and they think of like, you know, Outkast, Ludacris and um, T.I. and who, you know, the pick your pick your rapper or group from Atlanta. But again, this is like a more incisive um interpretation of of what atlanta is like and and what it's like to be a rapper and just what it's like to be a black person in the south Mm -hmm. as well and i think that that had an appeal to 
to certain audiences who um, thought that they were getting one thing and, and got another thing that they might not have been as familiar with, if that makes sense. It does. And I can see how that would be a good hook and then, you know, keeps people around watching it. Like someone who is black in the South, someone who's black and American, like the show right. is appealing in it all on its own. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch the show, a black creator, like you're going to support the culture. Um, I can see for someone who's white, they might be like, Oh, like I expected this to be something else. And like some of this stuff, I just like, I'm sure has been seen, but it hasn't been positioned in a way where the storytelling is coming from someone who is black. And so it comes off differently. Like, I don't know. To me, it feels different when someone who is of the, of that minority group writing about that experience, especially coming from like the socioeconomic piece of it, where it's like, it's not written where you're like, oh, like everyone's poor and it's like really sad. Like, I don't know. I think of like the probably a very extreme view of someone who's like white and conservative and they're like, oh, like if you're black and you're poor, like you're choosing to do that. It's like, well, no, no one chooses to be poor. It doesn't benefit anyone. Um, but like it's framed in a way where like, yeah, they're trying to make it, but it's a, it's not like the defining piece of who they are in trying to make it like they're complex individuals. I agree. I agree. And I guess going along with that, that, that makes me want to ask you this question as well, which is like, do you have a favorite character um, out of the course? I mean, the, the show is made up of the four main characters and, you know, everyone else who is in whatever episode is just kind of responding to them. And, and yeah. it's, we see the show from their from their lens um, in terms of them trying to make it and then earn and um, is as he beats his character. What, fan? fan? Yeah. 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 Like their relationship and their, you know, they're on again, off again type thing. And they, they have a daughter, like which, which character or characters, I guess, do you gravitate the most towards or which ones do you, do you like the best? I think it's easier to say which one I don't like the best. Okay. <laughs> I, I dislike earn. The most. Okay, sure. Um, the first time watching Atlanta, I didn't like Ern. I was like, man, what a like boring character. And then like rewatching it now, I'm like, man, Ern is so selfish. Yeah. But like doesn't real like he lacks any self-awareness. And so it's just like, like I can understand why I'm like, oh man, this guy's just not like you want you want to root for him like you want to see all of these characters succeed but like earn makes it very hard to want to root for him beyond just like making it where you're just like well you need like a lot of like self-development you need to be better um i enjoy the way the other three characters are written i'm not sure that lakeith stanfield's character is like written i think that's him i think he's not <laughs> acting i think he shows up and and that's just like how he behaves um but i enjoy it like he he adds a lot of comedic relief in moments that get really heavy because there are like tense moments on the show like it's not all i wouldn't say it's a comedy i know it's like marketed as like a drama comedy but like there are funny moments it's not 
like community. Yeah. Um, and, and so they, you know, whether they're having guns that they shouldn't have or drugs that they shouldn't have, he, st- he like makes it a little more lighthearted. <laughs> I think that I, first of all, your assessment of Ern, I agree with it's, it was an interesting choice to make the main character of the show. Um, I don't know. I won't say not likable because like there's a, there's a lot of TV shows with like unlikable characters, yeah. but like he, he's, he fits the mold of you, sh- you should like him, right? Like he's yeah. like this, he's the lovable loser type yeah. thing where, but, but the thing is like with a lot of those types of characters, that archetype usually has some sort of like redeeming quality about them. Like they're, they're charming or they have a, a heart of gold or something like that. And Ern isn't really like that. He's kind of just like a loser who is selfish and he's not like an evil character, but he's no. just not like, um, he's, he, he's, not, he's not easy to root for and, you, and you're supposed to root for him. And I guess that you're on some level rooting for him to make it because he's the main character of the show. But like, he's just not, he doesn't have a lot of redeeming qualities. He's not very considerate. He's, um, he's very selfish, like you said. And I thought that that was just an interesting choice to make him the, I don't know if Donald, Donald Glover is just like self-loathing or whatever, just like made that choice for the main character to, to be someone who is kind of like, um, kind of lame in that sense. I don't know, but yeah, I, I thought that that was really interesting. Uh, my favorite character is Paperboy. Like the way that Brian Tyree Henry plays him is just really great to me. Okay. Where he has this thing where he's kind of just like barely holding it together a lot of times. Yes. And he has like this gruff exterior and things like that. But like really it's just I, he's someone who kind of I see him as someone who doesn't like to be pushed to his boundaries. And it's kind of, you know, a little bit unsure of himself on a certain level, it's, it, at least in the first season. I'm speaking primarily about the first season because I haven't finished the second season yet. But um, he's he's kind of like the way that he's portrayed is just this person who is just like kind of at the edge of his rope a lot. And it causes him to like um, his behavior is is that of someone who is just like, please let this work kind of like, please let this work. Please let this work. And, um, so it's that combined with, I just, he's just like really funny too. When, when he has to deal with someone who is, um, who he sees as like beneath him or, or someone who's like an obstacle to him. And I think about the the episode where they're in the club and like, there's someone else in the club, like buying up all the, um, buying up all the champagne and like talking to all the girls that he wants to talk to. And he's kind of just like, this like desperation like turned into frustration turned into um like an outburst and he ends up like slapping the club owner or whatever but yeah. i don't know paperboy is just like a really like really a- appealing character to me for some reason i don't know i i i get what you mean saying he's an appealing character and he to your point of him like kind of just trying to hold it together like the whole like any episode where he's just like i just hope this works yeah um it's like he knows that he is the adult in the room right right for sure and because like Ern's like they're trying to help but Ern can't get out of his own way yeah um linky stanfield's character is like there he's like a good friend he's always there but he's like 
somehow borderline high like (laughs) the whole time he's probably is high um where he like says insightful things and paperboy values him like like al is like yeah no i love this man but like he needs to stop um and he has to kind of like corral both of them and then deal with van and i like i like van i think that van as a character gets like the short end of the stick when it comes to being with Ern. um and like I like that she serves as like a a character that, you know, contributes to the greater story of the show. Um and even though she is like earns on again off again significant other um that you kind of see get torn down a lot, but um her the way she like her relationships with the other guys, specifically Al, like She'll be like, oh, like, where should I get drugs? He's like, don't ask me that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so he still has to, like, even kind of tell her how to be, where he's like, you're, like, the other adult in the room, and, like, even you can't get it together. And so he's, like, always kind of at the end of the rope. And in the second season, there is an episode where he kind of has to deal with life, like he is he gets recognized out in the world and so he like runs into like a forest and has like a moment and it it's it's a really interesting episode it's closer to the end of the second season mm-hmm. so you might not have seen that and um any episode that's like specifically about al is just like the character development is incredible mm-hmm because he he is in every episode more than just like this rapper in Atlanta who's just trying to make it but he, the, when there's the opportunity to like just really dig into him it's um it's really well written and well like it comes to life really well like i think that every episode the the storylines are really good and tight and do a good job of character development but because they don't necessarily focus on all four of these people at in one single episode. You kind of have to ha- get it in pockets of like this very deep uh, development. That's for sure. True. Um, I was trying to, I tried my best to finish that. I need to, I, there's, I got a couple episodes more that I got to go um, for season two. Um, that's, I mean, that in itself is such an interesting topic of conversation too, because Season two was what, 2018? Maybe. Yeah. Like yeah. it hasn't like um yeah, it was uh March to May of 2018. And so there hasn't been a new season in three years, going on three years now. And so the the production of the show itself is it wasn't gonna be every every single year. Like there's a the first Season premiered in September of uh, 2016. Second season premiered in March of 2018. Right, so it's already the show itself takes a long time to uh, to produce. Mm-hmm. But then COVID happens, so that pushes back things even further. And then all of the other stars, like all the stars, really have have kind of exploded. Right, like Donald Glover was already a, a big star by that time, but he's even reached a new level since then. Right, he's yeah. been in a Star Wars movie. 
been in the Lion King, which we were just uh, discussing before we started recording. Your feelings on that might vary. Mine certainly do. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, on that project, at least. But he's, you know, he, he just signed this deal with Amazon, I think, to like produce stuff. And um, there were rumors that he was going to be on a, on a Disney Plus show about Lando Calrissian. So like he's just taken off. Brian Tyree Henry's career is taken off. Being he was in Widows, and he was in, um, he's in a new Netflix movie that's coming out. Um, at, I think at the end of the year, like he's just been in a bunch of stuff. He was in, uh, like the Child's Play movie. Like they, Zazie Beetz was in Deadpool two. She's been like, you know, Lakeith Keith Stanfield just got nominated for an Oscar, um, for um, Judas and the Black Messiah. You know, using Get Out like the entire cast has kind of like gone onto this, these greater heights, even since the show's premiered. So I wonder, I wonder if you think that'll, if that means that the, we either get delayed even more in season three, or do they, do they just stop the show? Like, what do you, what do you see happening for that, for the cast? I guess. I bet they do season three, wrap it up. And then they, they don't do it anymore because like, to your point, they've all been busy and they're only going to get busier and like be in demand more like Donald Glover before Atlanta was like way in demand because he was making music. He was in movies. He was in community. Brian Tyree Henry is he's in like, like high quality movies to your, like what you just mentioned. So like, it's not like he's in um, a movie that is like going to just go onto Netflix and be, uh, a one-time watch and people won't even remember what it is like if he's in a movie that's going on to netflix it'll be a movie that like gets nominated for awards right and lakeith stanfield like is in a range of things i'm thinking of like knives out like i forget yeah. that he was in yeah, that yeah. and then he was in like sorry to bother he was in like a yeah. bunch of movies back to back to back and um i i think that they'll want to wrap up you know doing the show but like after that, they probably are too expensive to like keep to like keep producing the shows. Um, and there are other things like they probably want to work on other projects. Like Atlanta is a fun show. It's a good show. Um, but there will be other opportunities. Maybe they want to do other projects like making their own shows. I don't know if anyone but Donald Glover would probably go do that. But like they might. Yeah. I forgot Brian Tyree Henry also in Eternals coming out this year, so he's doing a Marvel movie. Oh man! Um, yeah, it's just there. The entire cast is just really, really blowing up. It's pretty, pretty remarkable. And I think that that's kind of the point of shows like this, right? It's the point of um, these critically acclaimed shows with like this. The cast is kind of small, and it, it gives them more chances to shine and yeah. um, to display their talent for people other people in the in the industry to be like, okay, we need we need Zazzy Beats to be the lead character of this movie. We need Lakeith to be, you know, we're gonna pick him to be in Judas and the Black Messiah. We're gonna pick him to, you know, whatever. I think that a, a major like drawing point for for actors to to be a part of projects like this is that it gives them a chance to like springboard into something even bigger. So Yeah. Oh yeah. And like these are definitely people I think of when I think of black actors mm-hmm. that are very relevant. Um, 
and and like again to your point of this gives them a chance to really shine because it's it's mostly just the four of them they have some good cameos on the show but those aren't necessarily to have to like boost the other people's careers it's still for these four to really engage with it and like do something to showcase their talent and um i mean it it's a good choice of people obviously like they all are finding a lot of success and um do you think that the third season will just get canned I think that they'll do it. I, okay. I agree with you. I think that they'll do it and then probably wrap up after that. And they might have they might have even planned for like four seasons or five seasons. But like I just don't think that it's I don't know. I don't know how realistic it is to do another season past season three, just like with what you're saying, how booked everyone's becoming and um maybe they want to go do other stuff, like you said. Like I think it was it's this is a show that's kind of like a lightning in a bottle thing. And it's been yeah. obviously really successful and, and really praised and has gotten a lot of recognition, but um, I don't know when you're, when you're taking two and three years before each between each season, I just don't think that that's really like sustainable. And obviously again, COVID has kind of even just yeah. exacerbated it even more. So it's an, it's unfortunate. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, right? Maybe they do, maybe they do a season four. I just don't think it would happen. I think that they're, they're too booked up at this point and they want to maybe pursue other stuff, especially someone like Donald Glover who gets like, you know, a new job, a new, you know, movie job, a new producing job. It seems like every other month. So I don't know. We'll see what happens though. So kind of as you were watching the show, what shows would you compare this to? I don't know. It's funny. So like when he was, I remember Donald Glover doing press before the first season and he called it like twin peaks for rappers Right. And mm. I didn't watch Twin Peaks, but like I think that he was talking about like how there's like some surrealists, some some surrealist elements of the show, some like absurdist elements of the show, which is definitely true. It's it's it's, you know, there's an episode in the first season where Justin Bieber is portrayed as a young black kid. Right. Yes. Like that's the type of stuff that happens on the show. Um, it's like it's very much set in its own world. So I could see things like, um, I don't know, I almost say like the X-Files or something, which is like, it seems so like, that's such a radically different genre of show, but just like the kind of surrealist, like slightly not our, of our world type aspect of it, I would compare it to that. Um, we don't have a lot of like black drama shows, you know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. it's so I think that that kind of the, the fact that it's hard to compare it to other shows is kind of a commentary on the state of television itself. Um, we, we talked a little bit about it being authentic and things like that earlier in the in the um, in this conversation. But like the Juneteenth episode, mm-hmm. um, that one, you know, there aren't shows doing episodes of TV like that. And I'll bring that up a little bit later because I want to talk to I want to ask you about like your favorite episodes. But like stuff like that just isn't that's not on a lot of show other TV shows. So I don't know. It's certainly I would classify it as like a prestige show, right? Where it's like really yeah. well made and well produced and well acted. But there's not a lot that I can compare it to, I guess. What do you think? What would you compare it to? I don't I don't know what show I would compare it to. Like that that's why I was asking you. <laughs> yeah. I, because like I feel like you've seen more things than I have. Um in like a wider range of shows 
And like, there's nothing I can like when I try to explain this show to like someone who isn't who hasn't already watched it, like or, or already has like an interest in it because of Donald Glover or they're like, yeah, I want to see something written by someone who's black. Like if it's yeah. just like some random person that I know and they're like, why would I watch this show? And I'm like, I don't know why you would watch this show. I can't compare <laughs> it to any other shows. Um, it's a very interesting show. You have to pay attention when you watch it. It's not a, oh, I'm going to like scroll on Twitter while watching this show because right. you'll miss something. Right. Um, like it's a very detailed and thoughtful show. It's a quick show to watch. And I can't think of other shows with like that attention to detail in each episode. One, probably because this show like goes on normal TV where mm-hmm. it like you can't binge Atlanta when it's coming out right. on TV. Like you watch it every week. And so it can have that very detailed and tight episode structure that I know I've read articles where like a lot of writers are very annoyed with how people consume shows on like Netflix when like the full season goes out and it gets um, binged and a lot gets missed because like no one's really meant to sit and watch eight hours of television and retain all of it. Yeah. And you can watch an episode of Atlanta and retain stuff and like small things that are like said or that happen might not come back up again until another episode down the line, but because of the way like the show is meant to be consumed, you will remember that. And like, it kind of ties it together, but it is not like other shows. <laughs> like, yeah. There's not like a consistent storyline other than like Al trying to make it, but like each episode is like clown shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and like, doesn't necessarily have anything to do with like the past episode. I think to your point on that, I think that the fact that it's not, there's not really one genre that it is like there's shows yeah. there, there are episodes that are hilarious while also being, you know, episodes that are just like really incisive social commentaries. And yes. it just like, you know, there's, there's an entire, like there's an episode that had like fake commercials on it. Right. And it yes. was like a fake documentary type thing. Like there's, it's just, it, it's a show that kind of plays by its own rules. And I think that that makes it hard to compare to other you know, what else is on television right now. And honestly, um, I honestly don't watch a lot of TV. Like there's not a, there's, I'm watching the crown right now. Right. Like that's the, yes. that's the big show that I've been, um, that I've been binging. But like before that there wasn't a, like a show that, I mean, besides the Marvel shows, I guess, and like Mandalorian and which we'll also talk about. Um, yeah in the future but like there's not a lot of i don't consume a lot of tv and when the pandemic started and i was working from home a lot i chose to dive into movies instead of tv shows so i like went back and watched a bunch of old movies that i'd never seen before um i could i I could have rather than doing that i could have watched like tv shows but i'm just like i don't know my time is limited i was in i just got done with school and you know i have two small children like there's only so much of my time that can be dedicated to consuming entertainment. So I have to kind of like parse it out where, where I can, but um, so maybe there, maybe there's like one or two other shows that someone who watches more TV than us could compare it to, but <laughs> based off of what we're talking about, yeah, I, I, there's not really much comparison I can, I can bring into it. 
No, and not like based off. I'm trying to think of like what other people watch, like what my parents watch, um, what like other friends watch, what I see like on Netflix, like as I'm scrolling. And I know that's like the algorithm doesn't show everything, but like I cannot think of other shows that are kind of in this same vein of it's not exactly like a variety show, but like like you just said, like each episode's kind of a little bit different in the way it's styled. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. I I don't know. It it is its it's its own thing and it's excellent. And like that's that probably contributes to why it like did so it does so well. Like it's still yeah. like my roommate watched it for the first time during the pandemic. He watched it a couple months ago and I'd walk downstairs and I'm like, Are you watching Atlanta? <laughs> <laughs> um, like something would happen i'm like ah this is a really good episode um i'm sure he didn't really care for that commentary but i gave it anyway um and it still like holds up really well it, yeah so it's definitely like a defining show and i'll be interested to see if anything else gets kind of modeled after it in the future like yeah. an hbo show that happens that's similar um yeah that is it's it's interesting that's an interesting point because so many um you know when there's a successful show i think of something like lost right like lost spawned a lot of copycats yeah um gray's anatomy spawned a lot of copycats um this is such a this show is such a singular vision of donald glover like i don't know if something like this can really be replicated or you know ripped off i don't know this is so it's it's so surreal and so like um such a it has such a particular point of view that um i think it would be hard to kind of copycat this one though i'm sure that some people will try someone absolutely will try and they i don't know i don't know if they'll be successful i think if like i'm trying to think of like another creative who does a really nice job like going all over within the entertainment space. And I can think of Issa Rae, but like, I don't think she'd write something like this or could write something. She could, but like, I don't think that would be what she would try to do. Like, I don't think like other creators that are kind of on that same level would like want to try to do that. Um, So then I don't like, if they don't have that same level of like recognition, would they, would the show even be successful? Well, you make a good point. I think Issa is a good comparison in terms of a show that has like a singular vision. And I don't watch Insecure. I know that you do. Yeah. Um, maybe I need to binge that and we can discuss that on the spot. But it, are one. there are there any comparisons that you can that you would make between Insecure and, and Atlanta? I the comparisons would be that it because it is written by someone who is black, the perspective is like you can tell. Right. I'm sure like maybe someone who's white would be like, no, I can't really tell the difference. And it's like, well, I don't ever feel like the person who is any person of color, they're not really getting like crapped on for whatever piece of their, like, that's just the way it is. Like, if, if that is all, you know, that is what you expect. And, um, so it's like that same thing where like, okay, it's written from like a black perspective. It's written from the perspective of a black woman. Um, in today's day and age. So it, it has its own like voice and it's like, as a black woman, I'm like, yeah, this is very attractive to watch. Like 
it's not putting any of them down and like it's a cast full of like black women across various like shades so it's just like you can have those conversations about um like colorism and all those things where it's like a heavy conversation like a heavy uh like cultural conversation but having it wrapped into a show that's like entertaining and funny um talking about the different just like experiences that a lot of us have and so like yeah atlanta like does that it like digs into that but it it's still not the same like insecure is definitely like a comedy right atlanta is funny mm-hmm. but it is definitely a drama I think it goes back to what we were talking about, how like it goes like through different genres and like yeah. insecure seems to be more like focused on the comedy uh, aspect of it. And though I've heard, yes. obviously there are some like dramatic moments in the show yeah. um, and, and storylines and things like that. Um, I agree with you though. It's just, um, it's just tough to compare across. And I, I, I do wish that I, I knew a little bit more about insecure. And I think that that's another show, I guess maybe it's just like the, the the production is like so like high level maybe that's what makes it this way but i think insecure is another show that maybe takes a couple of years off in between seasons if i'm thinking about that correctly is that right or that seems correct i did not watch it the first couple seasons like i ended up binging those because a friend was like you need to watch this show um but I do think they take time off in between. And this next season that comes out will be the last season. Okay. okay. Um, I think it'll be the fourth or fifth season. And I mean, Issa Rae is very much in demand. Like yeah. she, if yeah. she's not speak, she spoke at like the Texas conference for women last year. Wow. Um, she writes, she produces, she owns like a hair care or she's like a, like the main investor in a hair care brand, like she is very busy. So, and all those other women that are on insecure, I think are acting and other things. One of them, she was in that episode of Atlanta where they're in the club and like, she's the woman that Paperboy's talking to. And then at the end, she's like, no, I have a boyfriend. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so I, it was funny. I'm like, oh, look, we've got all black Hollywood, like doing some crossovers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I could see a lot of the women in that show end up. I mean, they were doing their own things before the show. They're doing things after the show. And some of them are like comedians. They've gone on um, the NPR show. It's been a minute with Sam Sanders. So I, I don't think anyone that comes off of Insecure will not be taken care of like the men uh did you see moonlight i haven't i okay. need to one of the guys I on years it late. yeah i mean it's it, it's another movie where you like see the people in it and you're like i've seen you in so right. many other things <laughs> which is good like i'm i'm glad to see that like you know people have work but i'm like the, we have more than five people that are actors to pull right. from um but there was a good movie, good show, and um, yeah, they'll they'll be set up pretty nicely from that. But I digress. This is, we're we're not talking about insecure. We're talking about Atlanta, <laughs> <laughs> right? I guess I did. I wanted to ask you. So, do you have like a favorite episode of of what you've seen? Like one or two episodes that really stick out to you? 
I don't know if I have like a favorite, but what sticks out is definitely there's the um the Teddy Perkins episode. Mm-hmm. Um because it's like a you know, it's a commentary on like Michael Jackson. And it's like kind of like it's kind of a scary episode. Mm-hmm. Um so what happens, Darius, that's um Lakeith Stanfield's character, like goes to pick up this piano for my house. So it like I said, how like episodes will be about like one or two of the characters and it's just like kind of a deep dive. This is his experience. So he, he goes to this house, he's ready to pick this up. And the man there, Teddy Perkins is like, is Donald Glover in whiteface um, mm-hmm. with like a mask on. Like he, it's, it's as if he is, he is playing a different person. He's playing Teddy Perkins. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just like, it's kind of a scary episode. Not like, Oh, I'm watching a horror film, but just like how the intensity of parents can be, how it can really like break their kids mm-hmm. um, and, or, and like how society can break people. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's like a very interesting episode. It's very interesting, like Darius's response to everything where he's like, I need to leave, but I need to be nice about it. And he's like, he's a pretty chill character, like throughout the whole show. But like this episode really, he's like very much in like a fight or flight situation. So that episode for sure sticks out. Um, and then an episode that I just like, I get a kick out of mostly because um Ern and Van go to this like German party thing mm-hmm. and Ern's like a major dick to Van at it. it. It like really, it is an episode where you can like, there's no questioning like him being selfish or like his motives, like because of what he says. Um, but I enjoy it because it's like the little, it's German and it is kind of a fun episode. It's definitely another weird episode, but they, mm-hmm. I'm like, where in Georgia are you going where you're just going to like this random Oktoberfest thing? And, um, you learn about Van and like kind of her experience and how she's navigating things as like a black woman. And, um, she gets referred to as like Ern and her daughter, Lottie. They're like, Oh, this is Lottie's mom. Or like, this is Ern's girlfriend. And she's like, I'm not just that. And so I I think that that's just a good episode um, for that conversation of the episodes you've seen. What are ones that like stick out or ones that you're like, Oh, I love this episode. I want to like go back and watch it all the time. Well, the, the Juneteenth episode sticks out to me Um, just because, so the premise of that episode is like van going to this like networking event um, with a bunch of like rich, rich black people. And there's commentary on just like black culture in that episode that like has, I just hadn't seen that on TV before. And like that, excuse me, the, the kind of like upper crust, like black establishment type spaces. Like I know what those spaces are. Like I've, I've, I've been in those spaces and I've been uncomfortable in those spaces. And so to like see earn and band kind of like navigating that was, um, that was relatable to me. Um, and then my, the episode I like the best, I think is the, the episode where Ern and Van go on a date. Like the, the A plot <laughs> is they go on a date and he keeps getting like upsold on everything. And like, again, Ern is like poor, like he does not have a lot of money. And so they keep going 
and they go on the state and they keep getting like, you know, the food is expensive. The drinks are expensive. And he's just trying to like figure out how to like, um, pay for the state basically. And, and, you know, just like show van, like a nice time. We're meant to believe like that's, it, you know, it's pretty rare for them to like do something like that to like go to a nice restaurant like that. So like that one is that good. And then that's good. And then the, the other plot, the B plot of that episode is, um, Paperboy and Darius doing like a drug deal with Amigos. Yeah. And it's just like really funny. Like it's like that show, like that's funny. And then like the, the date stuff is funny, but it's also like the Amigos stuff is like also really like harrowing and like really dramatic at times. And like, that's that episode shows like what the, what the show can be. The show can be like hilarious and gripping and um, a good commentary on like socioeconomic status and like race and stuff, and also like really like um, like it can be all of those things at once, like within the same episode. Like it can like touch all these different like tones at once, and, and it still somehow works. So those are the two episodes that stand out the most to me. Those are definitely episodes that. I think I think of the the dating one, the date, like when I do go out and I'm just like, oh man, like imagine that happening. Where yeah, you know, the waiter or the waitress is like, oh, do you want to buy this thing? Do you want to add this? And he just like loses his mind. It's very funny. I've been on. I I took a, a girl on a date in college once, and we went and got sushi, and I didn't realize that the sushi place we went to was like the most expensive sushi place in Ames. And Ooh. I was like, I mean, I wasn't working at the time. I was like a pro college student. I was like, this is not what I anticipated happening. It was, it was, it was tough. I got flashbacks to that when I was, <laughs> when I was watching that episode. Ooh, that like, that's kind of scary. Like that would yeah. be very scary. Um, Cause I don't feel like it happens often. I haven't been in a restaurant for real, for real in the last year and a half. I don't know what I would be like. Oh, yeah. I don't know if they try to upsell you. They, I right. think they do. They're like, oh, yeah. Do you want to like get an appetizer and this thing and that? And um, I, uh, that would be so scary for it to be like a date in college. Fortunately, yeah. Laramie, Wyoming has one nice restaurant. There you go. Um, <laughs> so like most people go with their parents there. They're like, yeah, we're going to go to the steakhouse. My parents are in town for dates. People would go to like places with burgers where right. like the most expensive thing on the menu is like maybe 12 or $15. Um, Listen, that's perfect for a college student, right? Like it, Laramie, Wyoming, it's a perfect college town. Like no place is actually super expensive. Even the like quote unquote nicest place in town. Like I don't think if I were to go, I'd be like, oh, this is outrageous. But I am also, I live in Austin and I like look at menus and I'm like, why on <laughs> earth does this cost $40? Yeah. I don't want to go here. That's um, wild. That it, yes. And so in Laramie, it's, it's a different world. College towns, different world. But sushi, I can imagine a sushi place names being like a little pricey. It was tough. I should have looked, you know, should have looked at their menu. I think this is, you could look at menus online back then. It was probably like oh nine, maybe. Um, I don't know. That was tough. I had to take the L. You know, you know, you, you got to be more prepared than that. 
Did you go on another date with her? Or was she like, nope, you can't do the sushi thing. We can't go out again. Not to, I mean, I guess this has turned into a podcast about my my love life, but like we just, it wasn't like, there wasn't really any spark there. And we became like friends. Like we just knew like it was, it was definitely like a friendship vibe and not a, not a romantic vibe, which is cool though. You know, it's good to. It works well. Good good to know where you stand on things, you know, and she has, uh, she just had a kid like last year, I think. Um, judging by Facebook, so um, everyone had a kid last year. You had a kid last year. <laughs> I did. No, wow! Like, forgot I did have a kid last year. Just over a year old. Oh my god! It's like very much a rabbit hole. Everyone at my church, I feel like, had a kid, and people are like, "Why are all these kids in the children's ministry?" And it's like, because every married couple had a child. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was. It, I can't even like describe what it was like having a kid in April of 2020 it was just like what a man yeah that was like right at the at the right at the start of everything and it was just like didn't know if I was going to be able to go to the hospital or not if I was able to be able to stay with her or not and like it was just a lot lots to deal with well fortunately we have moved past that part of the yes. pandemic and Thank like, goodness. I, I'm very thankful because like that would be so scary especially that first month we're like you know giving birth with the mask on right yeah and then like not knowing if people were going to be in there I remember talking to different people who were like yeah I don't know if my spouse is going to be in the room mm-hmm. and I'm like that sounds I don't know you share germs you should be able to have someone else in there with right. you during this like pretty significant life event but right. Ooh. It was tough. I'll tell the whole story on it on a, on a pod <laughs> once because it was it was a lot. Ooh. Certainly a lot different than Rosa. So gotta love that pandemic time thing. Um, exactly. They. I hope that they do an episode like in the next in the coming seasons. I hope they like do like a pandemic type episode for Atlanta because I think they could get away with doing some pretty banana stuff yeah because like like you said it's a surrealist show so they could they could do something fun how do you feel generally about i agree about atlanta specifically like they could they could flip it in a way that would make it really interesting Mm -hmm. how do you feel in general about like tv shows addressing the pandemic or like incorporating it into their into their storylines I Which, think shows have done it. I just yeah. have not watched any of those shows that have because I've been watching a lot of well, like anything that I watch is like fantasy or um Ted Lasso. And <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> like Ted Lasso might have been the last serious show I've watched. Um and paid attention to. So I don't know. I have like mixed feelings on it. So if it's a show like Grey's Anatomy that I don't watch. And so of course I can say like, yeah, I hope they talk about the pandemic in this show that I will never watch because it Mm -hmm. has more seasons than years of life. I've been able to vote. Um, And also it makes sense, but shows like, like the, the sitcoms. um, I don't, I don't know if it like adds to, the story of a sitcom to like incorporate Mm -hmm. the pandemic just because it, I think it'll get like kind of stale if that, if too many shows are like, yeah, like this thing. And it's like, okay, we get it. Like we all live through this like pretty shitty year. 
let's like make content that's like fresh and like you can pull from like the trends that came out of it and like reference it without directly being like like every episode like oh like i haven't seen you in a year and a half i haven't done this like i just don't see that being like entertaining television and it's not creative yeah but i don't know I I really like connect with that point about entertainment because like a, 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 a for me on a basic level it's just like I'm living through this shit like I don't want to I don't want to see it you know what I mean like yeah. I don't want to see it in a, in a fictional world I don't I don't want to be reminded of it like because I have to like live through it I think a lot of people feel that way but like you know people make all this big fuss about you know award show ratings being down sports ratings being down yeah it's like people just don't want to be reminded of it you know what i mean people don't want to see people accept awards via zoom um you get enough zoom in your life as it is so yeah. i don't know i i think you you like you were 100 percent right i was talking to someone yesterday who they were like we were talking about sports and like you know i haven't watched sports in the last year and a half and i'm like what how and they're like, oh, I just don't. It's so weird watching sports with no one like in the stands, and like having the canned noise. Mm-hmm. So, I it it just yeah. I I hope any shows like Ted Lasso, like I hope they don't talk about the panda because then it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna talk about like this comeback season of this team and like oh the stands are empty and we just spent a year and a half of watching sports without fans, which is like a big part of sports. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't, it's, it's changed the game so much. I, I think about like the NBA and like how inflated the numbers are for, for people. And it's just like they're playing in like open gyms. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there, there are barely any fans there if there are at all. And it's just like, it's like playing at the wreck or something. And it's like guys' <laughs> offensive numbers are just going crazy because like there's no distractions. Like you're just like, it's easy for them or easier than it already is. So I don't know. Interesting. Another topic for our, for our sports, uh, yeah. sports pod. Oh yeah. There definitely should be something to be talked about. Cause by then, you know, we'll be getting ready for sports seasons where people are going to have fans and stands mm-hmm. for the first time in over a year. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. But yeah, again, <laughs> Atlanta, yeah, they. <laughs> this is the, this might be the only show where the exception of if they talk about the pandemic yeah. and it's not a like doctor show, then yeah. I'll be like, yeah, like this makes sense to have it here. It'll be positioned in a different way, and it'll work out. Like they could they could do something where they would like address it one episode, and then like the next episode, it's just like yeah, yeah, it's it's all good. Like it got cleared up. Like that's the type of show it is. Like they'll be like, it's so like not completely of this world that they kind of can make their own rules up about exactly. So. exactly and so like that's definitely something in its favor and, and the way it can it doesn't have to have that linear storytelling that's like oh this happened and then this happened you have to see everything that happens in between mm-hmm. like i think that'll definitely work in its favor when it comes back on for the final season and maybe they do something wild where they do like a big jump because it has been so long where you get to a place where it's like okay well you know paperboy is over being a rapper and everyone recognizing him and darius ended up making it big as like an artist or something mm-hmm. like you know something wild that like probably wouldn't ever happen but right. also something that i would hope they don't wrap it up 
where people are still like just trying to get by. Yeah. Like I know that's realistic where that would be like the story of like someone works really hard and they're still like scraping by for a lot of their lives. But like, uh, I don't want to watch black people not succeed. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent agree on that. We, we don't want to see, we see enough struggling for black people. Y- yeah. We don't need that. No. Anymore. Like we, we see it on the news. We, yeah. we don't need to see it on this. And I mean, they, it's not that they shy away from those topics of like racism yeah. because like there's an episode where, have you seen it where Ern and um, Van, they're like trying to go to the movies mm-hmm. and he tries to pay with cash and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're like, no, no. And we need to scan your, your driver's license and your debit card. He's like, that doesn't seem secure. Yeah. And like, correct. But then like the next guy that walks up is like, oh yeah, here's cash. And they're like, yeah, we'll take it. And like, so they're experiencing like a bunch of microaggressions everywhere they mm-hmm. go. Like their yeah. money's not like people don't want to accept his money. And I hadn't thought about this in a minute because like, I have not had to deal with people for a while outside of like blatant racism, you know, mm-hmm. where they're like, yeah. yeah, people don't deserve rights. What? No. Um, but where you're like, of course, I can think of like, oh, well, you know, people you get overcharged or you don't get like as good of service. But like for people to just like outright be like, actually, no, we're not going to give you service at all and make it like we're going to pin it on something else or like, you know, they they go to like a club and they're like, oh, like that that hundred dollar bill was like counterfeit. And he's like, what? And the cops like, oh, we we knew it wasn't counterfeit, but the owner called and had a, asked us to ask you to leave. And Ern's like, this is so racist. And Van's like, I mean, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's things like that where I'm like, all oh, right, like people do stuff like that still where they're like, oh, well, like we can't accept this from you. But if it's someone else, right. we're like, you're prepared for it when you go to get a bank loan. Like history says, yeah, be prepared to like kind of get screwed over getting a bank loan for a house or whatever, a mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, but not just like, oh, I'm going to go, I want to go to the store and I want to shop here. And then the owner's like, actually, we don't want to sell to you. Like what? Right. You do not want my money. We live in a capitalist society. I know for a fact you want my money. You know, we're going to be in our next episode. We're going to talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, I think okay. that we have some, you know, I think that some of what we're talking about right now will, will align with that. Oh, for sure. Um, so I agree with everything that you're just saying and it's interesting the i don't know kind of in the wake of what's been going on the past couple of years the amount of shows that are like really pushing that to the forefront like the unequal like we know about unequal treatment but like showing it expli- ex- explicitly as a part of those storylines like main plot lines of the show main themes of the show i think we're going to continue to see a lot of that um, moving Good. forward, that's kind of the moment that we're in, and hopefully it's more than just a moment. You know, hopefully it's something that's that's sustainable and, and can lead to um, lead to some changes in some areas. So, I agree with that, and I I hope so. I hope that it's like that. Yeah. Um, do you have any other thoughts in Atlanta? I don't. I, I I enjoy this conversation, and it's I I I do think that it's interesting that we try to like compare it to other shows, and we're like we just can't really it's pretty singular go watch atlanta if you haven't pretty much like that this is just an entire plug for watching the tv show atlanta and getting the recommendation from not a white man named kyle so exactly (laughs) (laughs) exactly
<laughs> we'll talk to you all next week. Thank you for listening. Thanks, everyone.